So what we're going to be talking about this morning in reference to the 23rd Psalm is that verse, He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And so the question would be, is where does God then prepare this bountiful table? Well, in the Amplified it says, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. And my brimming cup, it's running over. Think of it, right smack dab in the presence of our enemies. Amen. Amen. Adam Clark was a commentator many, many years ago. He's with the Lord now. He says this of this verse. He said, a magnificent banquet is provided by a most liberal and benevolent host who has not only the bounty to feed me, but power to protect me, and though surrounded by my enemies, I sit down to this table with confidence, knowing that I shall feast in perfect security. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about the good shepherd, and this great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not eliminate the presence of our enemies. Now that will happen one day. But what he does is he enables you and I the experience of the goodness of God and his abundance right in their midst. And that's awesome. Amen. Now, the word prepare there means to make ready for some purpose or for some event. It also means to provide in abundance. Now, many of you are familiar with Easter Sunday coming up, and perhaps you have some loved ones or some relatives coming over for Easter dinner. And it's always good to have guests over. And so you have to prepare for a good dinner. Is that right? There's shopping involved, which I don't know that much about. There's cooking involved, which I know little about. And then there's the beautiful table that must be set. And so then, you know, after church, hopefully after church, The guests arrive, and your guest looks at you and says, Well, I'm not really hungry. I had two great Big Macs on the way over. You're probably going to get in the flesh. And ask them this question, Why'd you do that? You knew what I was preparing. You know, I wonder if the Father feels like that sometime. When we're filling up on the junk of this world when we're filling up on the fears and the worries and the cares of this life. Now, let me ask you a question. What if I invited you over to my house and Brenda's home for a special holiday meal? And you know, I brag about Pastor Brenda's great cooking. She is extremely skilled in many areas. I'm a blessed man. And, uh, I've described to you some of the delicious meals that she's made. And if I was to call you on the phone and say, look, come over Easter Sunday. We're going to have this and then we're going to have that and we're going to have this. And, and the day arrives and you're just full of anticipation. You know, and you hear all this commotion in the kitchen. And about 30, 40 minutes later, Brenda comes out with a platter full of bologna sandwiches. I think that there might be a little bit of disappointment in the air. Well, I guarantee you this for sure. God's not out serving up bologna sandwiches. 
Our Heavenly Father, He is the best chef that ever was. When He says that He's preparing a table before us, you can rest assured this table is filled. It's a bountiful table. It's a beautiful spread. Amen. All you will ever need in your life, all you will ever desire in your life, it is on the table. Hallelujah. You know, that old song has been sung for many years. Come and dine, the master calleth. Come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitudes turned the water into wine. To the hungry he calleth now. Come and dine. Hallelujah. The question I have for you this morning is, are you truly hungry for the things of God? Oh, wow. (laughs) I know you really are. Have you tasted some good word lately? I mean, it made your heart happy. It was better than a McDonald's Happy Meal. Hallelujah. Jeremiah said, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And your word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Not only does faith cometh by the word of God, but I tell you, joy comes by hearing the sayings of Jesus. Jesus one day spoke to his disciples, and he said, These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy may be filled. And so joy comes by hearing the spoken word of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you're feeling a little down. Perhaps you're feeling a little distressed. I want to recommend to you to take large doses of God's word on a regular basis. Take in the word of God and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And the joy of the Lord will bubble up on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God it's the word that satisfies. So another question I have, and you may not answer this one as well, but what are you full of? I don't mean cake, and I don't mean candy, I don't mean pies, and I don't mean cookies. But what I'm asking you today, what is really in your heart? What are you full of spiritually? You see, what you've been eating naturally oftentimes shows up on the outside. There can be in one's life, if one allows himself or herself to go, there can be expansion. (laughs) You are what you eat. (laughs) And so, you know, naturally speaking, if all you're eating is junk food, that can have a negative effect on your body. And I've discovered this. There's too many Christians... They're trying to survive on a quick snack once a month. When all the time God has prepared an amazing feast for us to partake of every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Now, oftentimes people feel as though, well, you know, I'm just not able to come to the table. Well, I disagree with you. God has made you able To come to his table. You know it's like the ten spies. Out of the twelve. They brought back an evil report of the land. God had spoken to them. And he had told them. 
I have given you the land. And so he sent them out to spy out the land. And they ran into giants out there. They ran into the sons of Anak. They ran into the Amalekites and other ites. And they came back and they said, the inhabitants or the people in that land eat up the inhabitants in that land. They said, these are men of great stature. And here's what they said. They brought back an evil report of the land, which had searched out unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up the inhabitants thereof, and the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Now notice, And we saw the giants there, which came out of the giants, and listen, And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. I'm telling you, walking by sight will always snuff out the light. You see, they couldn't see themselves as able to go in and possess the land. They said, we're not able. In other words, they were saying, "We we are not able, we are unable. And what caused them to be unable? They were moved by what they saw. They stopped being motivated by what God said, and they were moved by what they saw, and what they saw convinced them that they had the inability to go in. And so therefore, we must stay motivated by what God said. Because the enemy will place in the city of our soul all sorts of scenarios which will try to get us to see everything but our ability to go in and possess what God has said is ours. Amen. Say it with me, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Never say, I'm not able. Now, as a result of them saying that they were not able, they were not able to go in and possess the land. But here's what God said about Caleb. Because he had another spirit with him, and he has followed me wholly, He said, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. I submit to you that Caleb had another spirit. Caleb wasn't yielding to what he saw. He was yielding to what God said. Caleb had the spirit of faith. The ten had a spirit of fear. The ten were yielding to fear by what they saw, but Caleb was yielding to faith by what God said. Hallelujah. And as long as you yield to what God said, you will always be able to go in and possess your promise. Now, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, it says it like this. That we are to give thanks to the Father who has made us able or meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And so the ability that God has given you is on the inside of you. The ability for you to be bold, to lay hold of what's on the table, resides on the inside of you. Now listen to the NLT. He says, always thanking the Father, for He has enabled me to share in the inheritance that belongs to His people who live in the light. Amen. Say with me, my Father, my my Heavenly Father, has made me able able to come to the table. table. 
You know, some think, people may think that's strange, but do you know a lot of folks live under a cloud of condemnation? Yeah. Yeah. Living in the past, living by failures. But thank God there's mercy on the table. Don't run from the table, run to the table. Amen. And receive the mercy and the grace that God has made available to you. Amen. It's not a fable. God's got a table. This is not a myth. This is not a falsehood. There is a table in the realm of the Spirit that God has prepared for you and God has prepared for me. And all it takes is to be washed in the blood, to be sanctified, to be born of God. And on God's table, I see a great big bowl of victory. Woo, glory to God. On God's table, I don't see any defeat. I don't see any discouragement. I don't see any down days on the table of the Lord. But I see victory. I see strength. I see joy on the table of the Lord. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Now I want to call your attention to something. I saw six things. That are on God's table. And of course there's much more. Look at your neighbor and say there's mucho, mucho more. But look at Psalm 23 verse 5 in the message translation. Let's work with this a little bit. He said, now you serve me a six course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head and my cup. It brims with blessing. As I was studying this, I was reminded of Psalms 103. And I saw six things in Psalms 103 that I want to tie in with this six-course meal that's on the table of the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at Psalms 103. And let's notice this beginning in verse 1. Notice he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We could say it in the context of this morning's message, don't forget to come to the table. Don't forget what's on the table. The first thing that's on the table is found in the next verse. Number one, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Hallelujah. I thank God that God has forgiven me of all sin. I thank God that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from you. And you know what? He doesn't want you walking around rehearsing and remembering what you used to do and what you used to be. As a matter of fact, he has no remembrance of it. He said, look, I am he that blots out your transgressions. And he says, I don't do it for your sake. He says, I do it for my sake. Hallelujah. For my own sake. And he says, and I will not remember your sins anymore hallelujah now we know one thing the devil is a historian right constantly bringing up the past but thank god we've got his story his story 
Thank God he's forgiven you of all your iniquities. Now, the second thing that's on the table is found in the same verse. He says, who healeth all thy diseases. I'm glad he didn't say, who heals some of your diseases. But thank God he said that he heals every one of our diseases. The question I have for you today is, do you need healing? Well, Jesus said this, that healing is the children's bread. Since, well, I don't have any. I don't have healing. Well, go to the table and just say, pass the bread. Come up to the table and say, pass the bread. Oh, there's healing on the table of the Lord. There's healing in the word of God. He sent his word and healed you. And delivered you from all of your destructions. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And by the stripes that wounded him, you healed and made whole. Healing is for you on God's table. Now, part of the problem that I've discovered with Christians many times is they wait until they need healing to partake of the children's bread. And thank God that healing's available if you're sick. But God's best for you and God's best for us is to walk in a perpetual state of divine life and divine health. Amen? Somebody says, well, prove, prove that to me from the Word. Well, 3 John 2 says, I wish or I pray above all things that you may prosper, that you may be in health, that's continuously in health, even as your what? Even as your soul prospers. Now, I believe that God's best for you and God's best for me, and we're all getting there, right? I'm not completely walking in the totality of God's best, but I'm on my way. How about you? Here's what I believe. I believe that God's best for you and God's best for me is just stay full of healing scriptures continuously partake of this children's bread, this healing power that's in God's Word. In other words, go to the table, open the Word, and receive your daily medicine regularly, on a daily basis. Here's what he said. He said, Son, if you will attend to my words, and if you will listen to what I have to say, and if you will keep my words right down there in the midst of your heart, my words will become life to you as you find them, and my words will become medicine to all your flesh. Say it with me now. God's Word word is medicine medicine to all my flesh. In other words, to whatever ails you, God's Word covers the whole thing. Amen. Thank God for that. And so... You and I, we've been redeemed. Galatians 3.13 says that Christ did or has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. So if you're dealing with chronic headaches or chronic migraines, here's what you say. Here's what you do. Here's how you take God's medicine. You go to the Word and find Galatians 3.13 where it says Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. And then you also notice in Deuteronomy 28:61 that part of the curse of the law is every sickness and disease in the, in the word that's listed there, but also every sickness and disease that's not listed. 
So here's what you do. You say, Lord, according to Deuteronomy 28, migraine headaches are a curse of the law. But thank God Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Amen. Now let's try that on for science. Let's practice this just a minute. Say this with me. According to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 61, all sickness and all disease... It's a curse. But I'm thankful that Christ purchased my freedom, redeeming from the curse the doom of the law. Therefore, I believe that I receive and I'm bold to lay hold of healing in my body from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, every organ, every tissue of my body functions in the perfection to which God created it to function. And in the name of Jesus, I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus. Body, I'm talking to you. Be healed, be whole, be well in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone said years ago, you're either talking to your mountain or your mountain's talking to you. Let's break that down. You're either talking to your finances or your finances are talking to you. You're either talking to your body or your body's talking to you. How many of you know that fevers can hear you? Fevers can hear you. Fevers can obey the spoken word of faith when it's done with authority and done with power in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what happens. Too often, more than not, we have a tendency to put up with things that have been chronic in our lives. And we just kind of accept them and just kind of figure, well, you know, that's just the way it's been. That's the way it's always going to be. Listen, it doesn't have to be that way forever. There was a person that was healed of an infirmity that had it for 38 years. And so no matter how chronic it is, we still serve Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. We still serve the Lord, the great physician. We still serve a God who made our body, created our body, and can fix our body, and if need be, bring new parts into our body. Amen. I believe that even on God's table, there's new organs. Glory to God. And so number one, what does he do? He forgives us all of our iniquities. Number two, what does he do? He heals us. He heals us of all of our diseases. Glory to God. Now notice with me in verse four, the first part. He redeems my life from destruction. Say that. He redeems... What does he do? He does it continuously. 
You've been redeemed. You are redeemed. And you shall yet be redeemed. Amen. Amen. Now, fear and anxiety are not designed for your blessing. But fear and anxiety are designed for your destruction. That's why you'll see in the Word, oh, several times, that we are not to take the cares of this life. For example, over in Psalms 55, he says, Cast your burden upon the Lord. And once you cast your burden over on the Lord, what will he do? He will sustain you. Philippians says it like this, Be careful for nothing. In other words, do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, definite requests. Let your requests be made known unto God. Amen. Well, if you're not going to yield to worry and fear, you can yield to casting all your cares upon the good shepherd. Why? Because the good shepherd cares for us. Now, any time you see a subject or any time you see verses in the Bible more than once, you've got to pay close attention to it because the Lord's trying to get our attention. Fear and anxiety are not designed for blessing. Fear and anxiety are designed for destruction. You know, your flesh and your mind will fight you. Your flesh will quit on you if you allow it to quit. Your flesh is not born of God. And your mind will fight you if your mind's not renewed with the Word of God and if you don't keep your mind stayed on Him. I'm telling you, the devil's a quitter. He is not a winner. He is not just a loser, but he is the loser. He is the loser of all time. Amen. And because he is such a quitter, he will bring discouraging thoughts. He will bring circumstantial disappointments, which we have all had and which we will all face. He will bring these things to our lives and try to suggest to us and convince us, well, it's just time for you to let that go. It's just time for you to quit. It's time for you just to throw in the towel. I don't see thrown towels on the table. I see thrown towels under the table. If you're going to throw in the towel, you can't look on the table. You got to look under the table. And so he is the author of discouragement. And he'll tell you to quit. If he's told me to quit once, he's told me to quit a thousand times. But you know what I keep doing? I just keep on going. I just keep on moving. I just keep on getting up. I just keep on confessing the word. I just keep on praising God. I just keep serving God. And not only that, but I got someone on the inside of me that won't let me quit. He won't allow me to quit. I've got the greater one on the inside of me. You've got the greater one on the inside of you. He's there to quicken you. He's there to bring encouragement and strength into your life so that you don't quit, so that you partake of the bowl of victory and you win every time. Hallelujah! 
Years ago, there was a guy walking down the train tracks, and I want you to get a picture of this guy. He was kind of hunched over. He had a real heavy backpack on his back, and both of his hands had suitcases, and he was they were real heavy, and he was just kind of walking down the road. He was on the right path, all right. He was heading in the right direction, okay. But he was stooped over with all sorts of things. Well, the foreman, they were working on the tracks and they had a crew there. The foreman saw him and he just wanted to go up and talk to him, not hassle him or anything like that, but just to kind of find out what his name was and what he was doing. And the man with the bags got real defensive. The foreman could hardly get a word out of his mouth. And he said, well, I've got a ticket. I've got a right to walk down this track. And the foreman looked at the ticket. He said, well, didn't you know that's a ticket for the train? You could check your bags and you could ride on the train. And you know, that's how a lot of Christians are. They're going down the right path, heading in the right direction with their suitcases full of fear, full of anxiety. And just packed down like an old mule with the cares of this life. When all the time Jesus purchased their ticket. I said, Jesus purchased your ticket. Hallelujah. What that means, you can check your baggage. You don't have to carry that load. You can ride instead of walking. When it comes time to eat, you can go to the dining car. Hallelujah, because when Jesus purchased a ticket, he not only purchased a ticket to get you on the train, but he purchased the ticket to feed you the best while you're on the train. Oh, come on, somebody. And I read in the Word of God that he prepares a table before you and before me in the presence of our enemies. Oh, yeah, they're out there. There's enemies out there. But we're not concerned about them, are we? Because you and I, we're not seated with them. We're seated in preferred seating at the Father's table. We're not looking at the enemy. We're looking at the table. But too many Christians, bless their darling hearts and their stupid heads. They're just too focused and given way too much attention on all the devil's done and all the devil's doing. I submit to you that all of his attacks... All of his lies and all of his distractions are trying to get your attention diverted from what's on the table to him. And he makes a lot of noise. That's all he can do. He carries on and on, hoping that you'll get up from the table to see what he's up to. But I submit to you this morning, don't you be moved. Don't lose your seat. Don't you give up your position. Stay put. Stay steady. Keep feeding on the promises of God. Stay focused on the table of God. This table is spread for everything you'll ever need. Hallelujah! One day I sat down at the table. And I noticed over there on the table, there was a great big victory bowl. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And then I looked over the table and I saw a great big huge platter of the peace of God. 
that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. See, the devil doesn't like that. Why? Because he can't get to where you're at. You've been raised up together. You've been made to sit together with Christ. And as long as you stay at the table, and as long as you stay focused on the table, he cannot get to you. I came to the table one day, and I looked up and down and all around to see if I could find any bowls of discouragement, any bowls of defeat, or any bowls of destruction, but I couldn't find any. Hallelujah. I couldn't find any. And then I looked again. And I looked from one end of the table to the other. Looking for a great big bowl of failure. Seeing if I could find any failure on the table. But thank God I couldn't find any. I said I couldn't find any. But when I looked to the table, I saw joy unspeakable and full of glory. I saw a great big platter of peace. I saw a great big jug of the joy of the Lord. I saw on God's table love and kindness and joy. I saw on God's table the supernatural power of God. And the Father's beckoning us this morning as a church. Church, come and dine. Come and dine. The master's calling to you. Come and dine. Hallelujah. And partake of the blessings of God. So number one, he forgives us of all of our iniquities. Number two, he heals us of all of our diseases. Number three, what does he do? Number three, he redeems our life from destruction. And then number four, in part B of verse four, he says... He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. We've already talked about it, but there's mercy on the table of the Lord. He's the Father of mercy. Hallelujah. It's been more than one time in my life that I said, Father, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I said that. I judge myself. I repent of it. And Lord, I just throw myself over on the mercy of God. <laughs> Woo, glory. I throw myself on, over on the mercy of God. And you know what? I'll be 65 years old in November, and I've discovered that the mercy of God will hold you together. Hallelujah. The mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are for everlasting to everlasting. Lift your hands up and say, Thank you, Lord, for your tender mercies. And for the mercies of God. And then I looked at the table in verse 5. The fifth thing. He satisfies your mouth with bad stuff. No, thank God. He satisfies your mouth with what? What kind of things? Good things come from a good God. We serve the good shepherd. The good shepherd knows where the best grass is. The good shepherd knows where the best table lands are for his sheep, hallelujah, to partake. I'm telling you, your good shepherd has got good stuff for you. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is bad. No, thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. How good is he? I said, how good is he? He's a good God. 
He's a great God. And surely, goodness and mercy, they're following me all the days of my life. I'd rather talk about being overtaken with good things than talking about how bad stuff is. I'd rather talk about how safe we are rather than how dangerous it is with ISIS out there. Who is ISIS anyway? He's nothing but an uncircumcised Philistine. That old Goliath came down and I prophesy that ISIS will come down too. Hallelujah. So we don't have to be afraid of the arrow that flies by day. We don't have to be afraid because no evil is going to befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Evil doesn't come from the good shepherd. Evil comes from beneath. It comes from the devil. And you've been authorized to take dominion over the devil. Amen. See, if you're going to look for discouragement and defeat and failure, you'll have to look under the table. Because that's where he is. He's under your feet. Look at your neighbor and say, he's under my feet. But notice this with me. Number six. So that thy youth is renewed. How? Amen. Youth is renewed like what? Brother Copeland said years ago, he said, the problem with too many Christians is... God's wanting to renew their youth like the eagles, and they want to go and die just like a bunch of buzzards. But I'm not looking at a group of buzzards today. Am I? I'm looking at a group of eagles. Amen. He will renew your youth just like the eagles. So I came to the table one day, and I saw on the table a great big platter of renewal. A great big palatter of youthfulness. Somebody said, you're going to be 65. That's outwardly. The outward man may perish, but I'm telling you, the inward man, the inward man, the inward man is renewed. Hallelujah. It's being renewed day by day. Glory to God. And they that wait upon the Lord. They're going to renew their strength. So wait at the table. Enjoy to the table. God's made you able to come to the good shepherd's table. Wait at the table. Feast upon manna from heaven. Rejoice in the Lord your God always. Lift up your voice and rejoice. Wait ye upon the Lord, and there'll come strength from heaven that will renew you and make you capable to fulfill all that God's called you to do in this day and in this hour. For it is my will, says the Lord, for my people to go from strength to strength. Oh, there's strength at my table, says the Lord. So come and partake and rejoice in me, and the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. And so shall you run these final laps in joy. So shall you run these final laps in strength. And you shall go, says the Lord, from strength to strength. I have declared in my word that those that do know me, those that do wait upon me, those that come to my table, they shall be strong in these last days. And in these last days they shall enjoy and they shall carry out and they shall do great exploits. For these are the days of exploits and these are the days of demonstrations and these are the days that my presence 
will be turned up several degrees. I have said unto you that you're not going from glory to weakness, but you're going from glory to glory. So be strengthened, says the Lord. It's part of your end time package to carry out all that I've called you to do.